Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Ah, we got three hours of stuff to cram into 30 minutes. <laughs> Fred Hubner, Brian Hanley here on ESPN 1000. Brian, as if the White Sox couldn't just play a real simple, easy game last night. No, there's decisions. it's the there's, Tim Anderson show. Yeah, decisions made everywhere. His last two home runs, both in the ninth inning with the Sox down a run. So yeah, but that, that'll work. And you don't want to be in that yeah. situation. But when you have a guy like that, who you know, it pressure's on. T.A.'s there for you. Yeah, he gets the game-tying run, home run in the ninth, singles in the go-ahead run in the 11th, and then scores the insurance run. The Sox a 7-5 win in 11 innings. The reason Brian and I are here until 9.30 is because it's White Sox Weekly, two hours before every pregame show on a Saturday, and the White Sox in Tampa, the two best teams in the American League going at it. And um, it was a fun one last night when 11 innings, Sox win 7-5. to five. Um, Sox struck out 16 times. They had to go a couple extra innings just to strike out a few more times. Well, here, um, I don't know much, Fred, but here's what I know. Yeah. Okay. Never, ever, ever again will you see Craig Kimbrell pulled for Aaron Bummer. That, that, was, the, <laughs> that was the one time. And Tony La Russa yeah. was kicking himself after the game, rightfully so, you know, because I get seven straight balls. But then Kimbrough gets two outs, and, well, you know, we see enough of Kimbrough. We, come on in, Aaron, and boom goes the dynamite. There's three runs. So I'm, I'm quite certain that you will not see that happen again because, as he said, one's a Hall of Famer and the other one's Aaron Bummer. The weird part about it is when it was made, you understand the move because there's a lefty coming up, and right. it's Brandon Lowe. It's not just any, any lefty, okay? So he's a guy who's got 20-some homers. You don't necessarily think they'll pinch hit for him at that time, but no. they do. So now it's Aaron Bummer throwing to a right-handed hitter instead of a left-handed hitter. So the whole, you know, and Tony or Miguel Cairo or somebody had to figure that out in the on the in the bench. I didn't. I think that it comes down to performance. If you're Aaron Bummer and you don't throw six straight balls, then maybe you can get the guy out and everything's it looks a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real tough inning to watch in that inning when they scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. Um, you could see Kimbrell, as he was walking off the mound, didn't want to go. Um, no. He really wanted to face that last guy. Um, and look, I mean, after, he, he, he's, he doesn't pitch for four days because he's at his, uh, what, grand, grandmother's funeral? Grandfather. Yeah, grandfather, grandfather, right. Grandmother, yeah. Right. So, I mean, so he's got, you know, it's been a, a tough four days for him. He's away from the team for, for you know, very – emotional reason but he wants to get back in there and then you throw him in there and then you take him out when you know i think if those are my choices lefty lefty whatever i'm going him and and tony said as much after the game that you know you you let him get out of what he got into yeah he said basically that it was the wrong message to go on out there and pull him at that point right uh he didn't want to show that he had no confidence in him but you know if we're sitting on the couch i'm not sure how much confidence we had in him either um, after those those seven walks. And right. I, I, I posted it again on Twitter yesterday. I know I sound like a broken record, but when Garrett Crochet was in, he throws five strikes to a guy and ends up walking him when the only pitch he threw with the at-bat comes out of the strike zone. And it's like, come on. I mean, you, it's so frustrating and so disgusting watching these pitchers and these umpires um, just blow calls on a constant basis. Yeah, well, Brutal. 
Yeah, Robo, I'm coming. I don't know. It's got two, to. I mean, two years. Let's say two years. Yeah, that's a possibility. And then the man on second base. Thank goodness that's going away too. That's that's <laughs> the frustrating thing, you know. And I understand, you know, you're you're a sports writer covering baseball games. You probably at many times wanted the games to end quicker. Well, especially on getaway day, get getaway day, you don't have a charter. You're getting on a commercial flight, and you think you have enough time. And now you're in the 16th inning, but it is right. what it is. Um, I, you know, so yeah, that's going away. But you know, like I, I bet was it Arizona yesterday? No, the Rangers. They were down six to nothing, and I just put twenty bucks on them to come back and win the game. Right. They tied the game with five in the bottom of the ninth. So here comes the free runner, top of the tenth. And um, nothing happens. So they get two on, nobody out in the bottom of the 10th. And they don't get a run across. And, of course, they lost in 11 innings. <laughs> I'm, like, Jeez. I'm, I'm counting like 260 bucks on my 20 or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. So free runners, you, you take advantage or you don't. And then there goes a double saw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's what we get for gambling, as our, our good old buddy Doug Buffon said. He who yep. gambles lives in shambles. So, Thank you very you much. Know, yeah. Eventually, eventually we live in shambles, I guess. So, <laughs> but because we have White Sox Weekly coming up at nine thirty, we're going to talk a lot of Bears football, and why not? And the Bears are the team that everybody in this city can get together and uh, get behind. The Bears. We were all excited about what we saw um, Justin Fields do last week after his first three, his three and outs, when he actually got the team to uh, kick a field goal at the end of the first half, but. We are told we get to see a lot of Andy Dalton today, at least a quarter and a half of Andy Dalton in the first-team offense. How how exciting is that for you, Brian? Well, it's his time, which sounds very similar to what Mike Lennon was saying, so I don't know that I really want to um, – you know, Twitter was in midseason form uh, beginning of the last game because everyone was saying the Bears are in midseason form. I mean, everyone was writing off the Bears <laughs> the first yeah. couple series, and, and, you know, two, three and outs with Andy Dalton. And, and, you know, let's rewind the last week where we're talking to uh, J.D., and, and he's painting a very grim picture about the offensive line, and it's not going to be a, a quick fix. And then shortly after we get off the show, here comes 39-year-old Jason Peters into the picture right. as your left tackle. Um, not going to play today. He's going to do some pregame work. I don't know that he's the answer, but that's how desperate they are because, by the way, they drafted a guy who we talked about the bad back last Saturday, and he had back surgery two days after that or whatever. So it's a, it's yep. a situation, no matter your quarterback, it's, it's uh, the offensive line is a huge question mark right now. Yeah. And it's amazing too, because they get Peter Peters in. And then like you said, two days later, they make the announcement that Tevin Jenkins is going to have back surgery. And they made sure they said that they knew about the back problems, but the back problems he had before are different than these back problems. Mm-hmm. So that's what they tell us. So. Right. Yeah, they won't and, tell us and, what's going on with the Keem Hicks, but that's no. what they tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun too. He's just not here. He's back today. Where was he? Uh, I'm not saying. Well, he left. <laughs> in, I mean, he left during stretches, right? I mean, comes out yeah. on the field. Now his agent Drew Rosenhaus is at uh, Hell's Hall uh, for a day or two. Right. He he's on the last year of a four year, forty eight million dollar deal. He they reportedly the Bears told me could pursue a trade in the offseason and, you know, go find something that made sense for both he and the Bears. Now, obviously, that didn't transpire. Now, they don't have much cap room. So, uh, you know, he wants a, a new contract that's not that's going to pay him a lot more than the, the 12 million he was getting for each of the last four seasons or this is last year of the contract. 
but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't appear to be an injury. It appeared that he was making a statement, right? Because right. he leaves the field at the start of practice after the agent was on the sideline a day or so before. Uh, Nagy immediately goes to the trainer, talks to him, I guess, to make sure it wasn't an injury. Then immediately goes over to Ryan Pace and they start having a, a kind of a uh, animated conversation. And no one wants to tell you why, but, you know, it has all the earmarks of a guy making a point that um, I'm here and then I'm not here. And, you know, you guys better get serious about this. Sure. And if, in fact, it is an injury, they would have said, well, of course, they would have said he tweaked this. His knee was bothering him. Something else. He's fine. He's back. Whatever. They, they don't say it. They don't give any reason. And I basically just think it's Nagy's way of saying it without saying it. And um, I think he knows what's been going on. He knows everything that's happening. He knows what people are writing and things like that. And that's one of our Twitter polls, actually. Will this be Akeem Hicks last season with the Bears? Real simple, yes or no. You can go to Twitter, at ESPN1000. And the other one, a little more thought has to go into it. People are already asking if we can give an E of all of the above. Yes. No, that's why we ask you individual ones, okay? We understand sometimes you want to go all of the above. But many sites have the Bears' win total at 7.5. If they finish under that, will it mostly be due to the offense, the defense, the coaching, or the schedule for the Bears? You, again, you can find that on Twitter, at ESPN1000. Also, I want to find out from Bears fans. Jump on in, 312-332-3776. Are you going to be watching the Bears game from the beginning? Are you going to say, let me know when Justin Fields comes in? And then I'll tune it in because I don't want to watch Andy Dalton. I'm going to see enough of him this season. 312-332-3776. I'd be happy to see like an Allen Robinson or a David Montgomery or have guys carry the ball a little bit. You remember, Brian, the first couple of years of Matt Nagy, we saw nothing in the preseason. I mean, we didn't even see starters out there for more than a, a snap or two. Right. And because there's only three, I think we're getting to see them a little bit more. I'm eager to see still how the how – the, um, defense is going to work and also how the fans of Chicago are going to react to Mitchell Trubisky because he's going to be quarterbacking for the Buffalo Bills this weekend Josh Allen not QB in for Buffalo now and um, I'll be interested to see how they're going to react to Mitch again um, things that happen and I understand people boo the fan even though it's not always the fan the players fault. they boo the player uh, it's not always the player's fault it's not Mitch's fault the Bears traded up to pick him um you know, it's not like he's out there not trying, but uh, I'll be interested to see what the Bears fans do at Soldier Field this afternoon. Yeah, and, and you know, my question: Why would you boo him? Because right, he seemingly was an earnest guy. Now there, there was Matt Nagy would make uh, he kind of you know the going into the last off season that he was here. You know, Mitch has got to really immerse himself in the playbook. I right. mean, that was basically telling us that he wasn't doing enough. You know, con- contrast that to this week where uh, Filippo and Bill Lazor are talking about how Justin Fields stays on the field after practice and wants to go through all the practice uh, plays that they just ran because he didn't run them very well. And they're saying, you know, this is how much the kid will do to be great. Not that he's right. not going to be great. He's going to do everything he needs to. And you never really – I never heard that stuff. We always heard Mitch was great in practice. Right. And then game day, not, not so much. But why would you boo Mitch Trubisky? You went – you moved up. You fell in love with the quarterback from a basketball school. I mean, I still don't get that. Um, and, and, you know, so he's he comes here. You sell him as the second coming. 
And now all the pressure's on him. And he was very limited. I mean, he only had 13 starts at North Carolina. Right. right? Yep. He couldn't even get on the field for a full career there. And so I, I, I get the frustration part of it. But he is, he is who he is. And the rest of the league told you who he is because no one – he's on a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills as a backup quarterback. And by the way, the Bills aren't playing their starters today. That's why Trubisky's playing. Right. So they're taking a different tact or the tact that Nagy took last year. So, I mean, the rest of the league told you, no, thank you, Mitch Trubisky. We don't think it was a bad situation or you, you got a bad deal in Chicago. We just think you're an average guy. Yep. And that's, and that's what, you know, that's why he's not here anymore. He's in Buffalo. I, I'll be interested to see how it all plays out. 312-332-3776. The Sox and the, the uh, Bears both play at the same time at noon today. Thank goodness this is the well, it was one of many times I'm happy I have more than one TV. Um, I'll be able to watch those as uh, the White Sox take on the Rays again, and uh, you'll hear that one right here on ESPN 1000. It's great to have. Um, I was I had the sound on the TV off. I was listening to Len and DJ. Great calls last night for the 11 inning victory for the White Sox. Uh, let's go out to the phones. We go to Evanston and John, our guy John. What's up, John? Hey guys. You know, uh, everybody knows that Justin can run the, the offense from the shotgun. Let's get him out of his safety zone and get him under center and see what his footwork looks like when he's got to take the three- or five-step drop and still keep his eyes down the field. Um, as far as when he's ready, I want to see him in some mop-up roles first and then let the uh, – let the let the the coaching staff get together and see what he still needs to work on in order to be the starting quarterback. I really don't want it as long as the Bears are doing okay and 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 our starting quarterback is healthy. I really don't want to see uh, Justin start this year. I want to see him get in some mop up roles and get his feet wet because it's going to be a different kind of game that he hasn't been in before. And then, you know, start him next year when he's really ready to go and he's got it down and he knows how to read defenses and he knows his receivers and where they're supposed to be. Mop-up rolls. Yeah, I was going to say mop-up rolls. You mean when the Bears are down big or when they're up big? Yeah. yeah. I was when, when the Bears, when, when, the, when, the, when, when the game is, you know, whether it's a win or a loss and, and what he does isn't going to affect the the score of the game or the outcome, that's when you want him to go in. When there's no mm-hmm. pressure as far as the outcome of the game goes and he can just do what he does and, and the Bears can grade him on what he knows and what he still needs to, to uh, work on in order to be that well, here, here's, here's the Here's the problem with that. I don't think this Bears team, given all the injuries in particular, is near good enough to be up three touchdowns <laughs> right. at, at any point in the season. I mean, you know, even looking at the schedule, I, you know, I guess maybe against Detroit or the Vikings or something. But I, even then, that's a lot to ask. And if they're down three touchdowns, boy, that tells you it wasn't Andy Dalton's time. So Right. Yeah, it was his time. John, appreciate the call. 312-332-3776. A couple of poll questions uh, on our ESPN site, at ESPN1000 on Twitter. Let's go to Plainfield and Alex. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Uh, as we know, the offense has been a problem the last couple of years. I'm curious to see what you guys think about uh, Matt Nagy being the coach this year. And if it doesn't work out with Fields and they switch to another coach next year, I'm wondering what you would think, you know, if that could hurt Fields' development. You know, I, 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 
Go ahead, but Brad. I, I don't look if Justin Fields, as Matt Nagy has the plan laid out, doesn't see the the field this year in the regular season. Uh, if they stick to that blueprint, Matt Nagy's here in the next year because the clock doesn't start on Matt Nagy again. You know, a lot of people was hoping that the time ran out for him last season, but both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy now don't. You know, they reset the clock until Justin Fields is named your starter and is out there in earnest. Right, that 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 they're now tied to the franchise quarterback that we all hope he is. So yeah, uh, and whatever. I mean, if the Bears went three and fourteen this year, and by the way, that seven and a half total is out in a seventeen game season, right? Right. Aren't they Aren't they begging you to take the over? Aren't they? I mean, that, sure that they looks are. like a layup, right? Yeah. And whenever yeah. it looks like a layup, it it really if it looks too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah. But I yeah. That, that's my thought that you know Nagy, I don't think they're going to be. You know, a three-win team, but I don't think they're going to be a 12-win team necessarily. Yeah. Alex, appreciate the call. 312-332-3776. The first four games at the Rams, home against the Bengals, at Cleveland, and hosting the Lions, okay? Now, the Bengals are still trying to figure it out with their second-year quarterback now. The uh, Lions are always bad, but they Mm -hmm. have a new quarterback to see what happens. Cleveland's a team that actually has stepped up over the last couple of years for Baker Mayfield. And the Rams are going to bring it with their new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and that defense. So Two know, and two would be the best-case scenario there, at least I'm on paper, at right? It. Yeah, before you go to Vegas, play the Packers at home, at Tampa, and then the Niners. Those are, hmm. some, those are some rough games coming up after that. 312-332-3776. Friend Brian here. We're here till 930 before White Sox Weekly here at ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. A busy afternoon in Chicago sports. Bears take on the Bills and Soldier Field. White Sox going against the Tampa Bay Rays. Game two of a three-game set. We've got that game for you here. First pitch a little after 12. we get the pregame at 11.30. White Sox weekly, always two hours before the pregame on Saturdays. Coming up in just under eight minutes here on ESPN 1000. Brian, let's go to uh, Mount Greenwood and Gorman. Gorman, you're on ESPN 1000. What's happening? Good morning. Uh, I just want to say, express my frustration with Ryan Pace. I mean, the guy's horrible ever since before Trubisky, obviously. We know how everybody feels about Trubisky, but uh, this Tevin Jenkins thing, I mean, going back to the previous draft, I thought they should have grabbed uh, Ezra Cleveland. He was uh, out of Idaho for the line, and uh, he's doing fine up up in Minnesota. They grabbed him, but our guy, oh, he's under the knife. He's he's out till probably next year. I I just think for all the money they pay Pace, you know, it's just just a travesty, and uh, I'll hang up and listen to what you guys have to say. Thanks, Gorman. You know, Brian, it is just another example of another high draft pick wasted because who knows, didn't do the due diligence, uh, didn't look enough into it. You know, if you got two, uh, if you have two left tackles and one of them's ailing with a bad back and the other one's not, <laughs> you would think you'd go with the one that doesn't have a bad back. Well, we talked about it last week, Fred. Uh, and even taking them at the word that this is a different back issue than the one that they knew about when they went ahead and looked at the medicals before they drafted them, even right. if you accept that to be fact, the the previous back issue would have been at least a yellow flag. You know, you go yellow and red. If you get a red grade, that once you look at the medicals, most teams say, no matter what we think you are as a player, we, we're not taking that chance, right? 
and and pretty much any back issue would give a lot of red grades or red flags on that player, and they would just say, well, like you said, look for somebody else. Might you know we might like your upside, but no, that you're you're moving the guy from positions from right to left, and he comes with a back, and now this is a different back issue. And I mean, I I feel our college frustration because you know the the Justin Fields draft was all about Matt Nagy. That was Matt Nagy. Who who identified the quarterback he wanted, who got Ryan Pace on board, and they got their guy, and most of us celebrated that. I think right. after that, it was Ryan Pace's draft. So I, I put this squarely on Ryan Pace's, uh, you know, back back to his resume, and it's not very impressive at this point. Well, and you know, another thing is, I think Chicago and maybe even the media was really excited about the Justin Fields pick. And remember what we were saying after the Tevin Jenkins? It's like, man, we're surprised he was there. This right. is a guy that had first-round talent, and he drops in the second round. Well, there, now you maybe, know why. We, right. Maybe we should have been able to look a little bit more into that at that point. I know it's difficult, especially with COVID and not seeing people and not going to OTAs and all the other stuff. But um, there, there, there had to be a reason why he dropped so far. Now, I guess, unfortunately, we're finding that out. Yeah. Most teams looked at the back and said, we can't take a chance on that because, you know, the offensive line is too important. And back issues don't usually rem- remedy themselves. And again, this if this is a separate issue, maybe you should have double concern because he still has the pre. Did they go and take care of the other thing too? I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not sure. When you watched the game last week, I mean, other than Justin Fields, was there anything else that you really came away with that game from except that maybe they need another return guy because everybody kept dropping the ball? Uh, no, I, no. I, I just, you know, all it was for me was watch Justin Fields and the fact that he started slowly and then excited the entire stadium was yeah. all I needed to see. I mean, and, and when all through the week when you hear his teammates talk about how special he is, how they're on the sideline watching because, you know, they're saying, we don't know what he's going to do next. I mean, that that's how dialed in everyone is on watching this guy. And he's done nothing to to this point other than the groin uh, hiccup, groin injury this week, to make you think that he's not, I mean, what, what do you say after the game? Well, I actually, I thought the speed was going to be faster than I know. it was. Yeah. I mean, and he doesn't say it as like cocky. He just says, as a matter of fact, like, you know, I, I expect it different. I mean, the guy doesn't seem to be intimidated by the spotlight, the stage, or anything else. Well, that's what happens when you originally go to Georgia, and then you transfer, you go to Ohio State, you play big-time college yep. football, you play in playoff games and things like that, as opposed to, being a guy who had 13 starts, at, as you mentioned, a basketball school. So right. it's a completely different situation, and I can't wait to see him get in. I do understand what the Bears are planning to do. I know Andy Dalton stepped up and said it's his time. Um, I know he, said, he said, I know who I was created to be. Right. So at conception, he knew. That there, you, there you go. <laughs> when I said that, did you know you were going to, did they tell you in your, in your crib that you were going to be doing sports talk radio? And uh, I mean, did they, you know at that point in the, as a one-year-old at the birthday party that you were giving scores, what were you doing? Yeah, I, I think they did know at the time. I think the first time my dad asked me to throw him something and it went really short. He knew at that point I would not be an athlete. So <laughs> I think you, I think you realized at that point, we better teach him to do something else. Um, Quickly, let's take a look at how our polls did. I know we've only had them up for a half hour, but I will, uh, we'll revisit these tomorrow when I'm here with Mark Zander from 9 until 11.30. We'll talk a lot of Bears. Um, Tyler, how did the two polls do? All right, so we'll start with the win total one. Many sites have the Bears at 7.5 for wins this season. If they finish under, it will be mostly due to... 
Is it the offense, defense, coaching, or schedule? Offense leads the way, 47%, followed by coaching at 30%, schedule 16%, and defense 75 I'll say this. Schedule's not getting enough love on there. Not exactly. I voted schedule. Yeah. You know, and, and the defense, people in this town, are st- they still think the Bears team has a great defense. I, I'm, they need to show me. Defense yep. would have been number two on that list for me. But yeah. anyway. And that, the, uh, the that speaks to Matt Nagy's <laughs> the frustration yeah. with the play caller. Exactly. So the last one we got here, will this be Akeem Hicks's last season with the Bears? Yes, at 73%. I hope Akeem's okay. not listening because Mr. Bearup and Richard Fitzwell said, uh, you know, so, sorry, I thought he'd be gone already. So a lot of, yeah. a lot of people are <laughs> okay with it. Well, you know what the nice thing is, too? You get to see an Eddie Goldman. You get to see Bilal Nichols. You got some other guys in the middle who hopefully can maybe take some some of his spot as the season goes on. And who knows, maybe they'll even draft somebody next year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Will he be I'm able sure to jump happen. out of a pool? That's the question. Yes, oh, boy. yes exactly. Oh, boy. Will he be able to jump out of a pool? Oh, boy. Ryan, it was a nice, quick, short one. We'll talk again next week. Looking forward to it. All right, talk to you guys. Sounds good. Don't forget, it'll be me and Xander tomorrow morning at 9, but don't go anywhere. A full day of White Sox baseball. It starts with White Sox Weekly after this on ESPN 1000.